Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Today the world came crashing down for this widow. The universe did not seem as full as it once was. For for her husband was gone and now she had lost her son. He was her last physical hope. For now she would be given into the hands of someone else. Who was going to be the first to ask for her land and property? Who was going to be the one to take her wealth? Who would care for her? Would she just become the burden of another relative as so many of you worry about in your own life? Becoming a burden in your own and old age. This death of her son, it was more than just the grief of death. She lost her whole world. Now she would be alone to face all the wounds. Who would dare comfort her? In the deep despair of death, I have seen it. Oftentimes words do no justice. At least that's what people think. There is no comfort to offer in death for some. But how wrong they would be. She had lost heart in the midst of her tribulation. She did not send forth those who would be speaking and singing the psalms of lament. She did not even confess those things that faithful sinners do, which is God be merciful to me. No, instead she let the bitter howl of grief be heard in all the streets. The sounds of weeping and wailing, the shrieks of children. That is what led forth this great crowd. Who can console this woman? None of her friends dare, nor her neighbors. They just follow behind her. A great crowd processing to the cemetery in order to seal the wound of death behind dirt and stone. She lost heart in the midst of her tribulation so that the word of God was not near her. And it was only the wails that followed her lost in grief. Death did not veil itself. Death did not take just a little bit. It took everything. It did not hold back. It separated the soul from the body and there was no breath of life left in this, her son. And it struck her to the heart like a sword that pierces, but yet it was now twisted because she had not a husband to fall back on, a shoulder to cry on, someone to console her. She was gutted. Are not the widow of Zarephath and the widow of Nain much the same? The widow of Zarephath looks at Elijah the prophet, a man who said, trust in me, go and first make a cake for me and then for you and your son and the jar will not run out. Neither the flour nor the oil, trust in me, I have the word from the Lord. And she did. But then when death struck, 
All the words of God, all the promises of God disappeared from the mind. And now it was only sin that was brought to remembrance. That's what death does. What is left to us when we consider death, but that the wages of sin is death and that the sting of death is our sin. And so she considered it. She said, what do I have to do with you, O man of God? You have come to me to bring my sins to my remembrance and to kill my son. But what did the man of God have to do with her and her with him? God provided that widow to Elijah that he might be saved and have bodily food. But he, in going to her house, brought the salvation of the Lord upon her. For he was the man of God who spoke truth and gave to her the forgiveness of her sins, her and her household, for he would have taught her as any prophet was called to do. He brought salvation to that household. But yet she would not see it when death struck. She also lost heart in tribulation. But now we see that even as Elijah had done a great miracle with the prayers and the power of the Lord, now an even greater miracle is done. For like this, a man of God comes to the midst of death and he stops it. Jesus comes forward. But he, greater than Elijah, shows forth this. Not that he is a man of God. Not that he has a word of truth. But this, that he is the man of God. The son of God. Who has the word. Because he is the word in flesh. Not with the power to pray and to call upon God to answer him, but the power within himself to bring forth life because he is life. Therefore, when he came up to Nain in that city gate, leading forth to the cemetery, he stops the procession of death. He stops the wails of death and he gives death no more satisfaction. It will not hear of sorrow or dread no more. Woman, stop wailing. Stop grieving as one who has no hope. Stop grieving as the one whose tribulations dictate their emotions. Hear my word. Listen to me. And he turns to the young man and he says, Young man, I say to you, arise. And probably good that he said to you given that in the proximity of that cemetery, who knows how many dead would have risen had he not said, young man, I say to you. The power of God is exceedingly abundantly above all that we either ask or think. 
Nobody in that company of that woman would have surmised that this would be the thing to happen today. Death was the invincible foe. You don't bring somebody back from the dead like this. Not with a word. Not just saying, arise. No, you had to call down the power of God Almighty. Pray that he hear your prayer. The time for the resurrection was past in their minds. They were dead and long dead, about to be buried six feet under. But no, this man stops death. And though they had not hoped for this miracle, God gave them more than they had ever hoped for, more than they could have ever wanted. He looks at death in this open coffin And he grabs death by the jaws and he reaches his hand down the throat and he pulls back what death had swallowed. And the soul and the body are united again. God did this because Jesus is God. Where grief and wailing once was, now has come forth the praise of God to the Almighty God. The thanksgiving to the Almighty God for what he has done. And the whole scene changes. Had it been that Jesus looked upon that woman like he would look upon his own mother on the cross? Had he remembered that prophecy that Simeon gave to his own mother that a sword would pierce your heart? Because on the cross, Jesus would look down at Mary and he would give her into the hands of his beloved disciple. He would present this disciple to his mother and his mother to him. He does not present an image, not a spirit, but the whole person. This boy made whole again by the power of God, which is the power to subject all things under him. God gives to this woman back her son so that she might rejoice in God's great power. For his power is most chiefly known in showing mercy. And that's what God does. He is merciful and he is loving and he comes so that we might have hope, not despair. So that our faith might be filled with the promises. So that when we enter in to the shadow of death. When we are suffocating under the veil of tears. That we lose not hope. But find our hope in the one who has power over life and death. Listen, death had to give up what was its own. So this day give up what is your own. You own sin. You own doubt. You own fear. Give it up. And let God fill you with faith that trusts in his love, that trusts in his protection, that trusts in his power to give you life and take you out of death. Jesus said we should listen. Listen to him. He says, believe in God, believe also in me. So do it.
Receive the faith that God gives and believe and do not doubt that the one who can raise the dead by his own power is the Son of God, the Almighty, who has life in himself and gives you that life. Dear child of God, today is a special day for each of us because it is a day when we partake in joy and relief. When we hear these words of the Lord, we find this miracle of Jesus to be a miracle for all of us. Yes, because even before he died and rose again, he shows his power and authority so that not even the enemy of death could challenge him. And how many of us have looked at our life and thought that the enemy that we were facing, whether outside the body or inside the body, was inconquerable, was too much, was going to overwhelm and destroy us. But then, instead of despairing, we cried out to the Lord, O Lord, have mercy upon me. Or maybe because we were in such grief and despair, a friend stepped in and said, don't lose hope. God is with you. Emmanuel. Because that's what this miracle showed to these people. God has visited his people. We need the God who stands over all things who has risen from the dead and ascended and lives and reigns because no one can stand against him. And though they had Jesus in one place, we have Jesus everywhere. We have God with us wherever we go. Who shall stand against him? And what enemy shall be left standing at the end? All those who find their strength in their own body, Strength in their own reason will be put to shame in the end. Their bodies will be cast into the hell of fire, into the pit, and the strength will be in the gnashing of their teeth. They will be the ones to weep and wail. But not us. No, 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 not us. Jesus says, do not weep. Do not wail. For we have been victorious in Christ. The victory remains with us. So long as Jesus both lives and reigns. And I have good news for you. It is said that he lives and reigns for all eternity. Receive also from this encounter of life and death. Just what great peace you ought to have. When you hear that your sins are forgiven. Yes, we talk about sins being forgiven every week, but it is the greatest of things to speak on. Because as you heard me say, the wages of sin is death. So if the one who has power over death to bring back the dead into life, he must also then possess the keys to the prison of sin. Is your soul burdened? With your transgressions? Is your conscience terrified over what you have done? In your unholy living, in your impure thoughts and words? Then take heart today in this miracle. Because Jesus shows that it is by his authority that one who is dead may be raised. And he has given this ministry into all the world.
that repentance and forgiveness of sins be proclaimed. Where the forgiveness of sins is spoken and those who have confessed their sins believe that they have been received into favor because of Christ Jesus. There they have this truth. They have been raised from the dead. All of you were dead in your sins and transgressions. But God rescued you by his grace and he has forgiven your sins. You have risen from the dead already. God has raised you up in absolution. And he has given the keys to unlock heaven to his church on earth through this glorious pronouncement of forgiveness. So that whenever you hear that your sins are forgiven, you may, like these people, be filled with astonishment and praise and thanksgiving to the living God because of how glorious it is that you no longer lay dead but are raised to new life in Christ. And it may soon come to pass that we will be looking on the death of a loved one in our life. Whether it's the casket up here covered in a white pall to remind us of the baptism in which God clothed them in his righteousness. Or if it's at the moment when we stand looking at the hollowed out grave, ready to lay the casket in the ground. And it may be there that you, like the others gathered around, begin to water the earth with your tears. What then? Remember this, that so long as I am the pastor there, I will lead you forth with the Psalms. The Psalms that speak of the glory of God and caring for those who are downtrodden, those who have their sins and praising God for his redemption. You will be led forth in psalm so that no matter the great enemy of death and how loud his wails may be, you may hear even louder the proclamation of Christ. The Savior who delivers from the dead, who takes by his own resurrection and promises to us our resurrection to lead forth our company of people, our believers, those who gather around us, friends and family, to see the compassion of God and to remember that death does not hold power over us. For the Lord looked upon that woman and had compassion on her. He looked upon a mother and a son and he said, I will reunite them once again, that their joy may be full in each other And in me. So what is God going to do on the last day for all those who believe in him? He shall raise them up from the dead and give eternal life to you and to all believers in Christ. That you may be seated with him in the heavenly places. And then in the life that is to come in the new creation, walk with God here on earth. Rejoicing in the unity that you have with all fellow believers. For he will turn to us when he unites all these people in the flesh and say, weep no more. Sorrows have passed. 
Darkness is gone. Eternal joy has begun. No more shall death separate you and no more shall tears be what you weep. And finally this. If you fear judgment day, if you fear your own death, the hours that may be before you die, listen once more to Jesus. He says, young man, I say to you, arise. Let these words sink in. Let them find a home in your heart and mind. For your Lord and Master is coming again. And though there will be many who will faint in heart, and they will wail because of death, not you. You will be called forth. He will say to you, arise from your den and from your death. And the graves will be opened and the dead will rise. And you shall receive life. There is no power greater than his. And he has shown you in this miracle, in his own death and resurrection, in every message of the apostles that goes forth to those who will receive it. You have no reason to fear his power, for he delivers it not to you in wrath, but in mercy, in love, in compassion. So fear not. Fear not judgment day, nor your own death. For he has clothed you in purity and in righteousness. And the tribulations and the trials that you must walk through on your way shall not bring you any fear, any worry, when you find yourself in the light of Christ. For in him the darkness cannot abide. And in his promises you find immortality and life eternal. Trust in the Lord, dear people of God, and rejoice with astonishment and praise at the goodness of your Savior. Christ is risen. risen Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all our understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord.